love you, Rose. No, don't say that. Okay, so I got this. I'll see you later. I bought it for, um, I actually bought it for 15 bucks. Um, it's a great show. You'll like it. We'll watch, we'll watch whatever we can. But here's the other thing that we're starting. Um, it was brought up that maybe you guys want to do homework for a little while if, so that you guys can come to youth group. So well, this is what we're going to do. do homework? You, you always like, I have homework. I, I did not have <laughs> Anyway, so um, we're going we're gonna to meet at youth. We're going to open up the youth room at 630. I'll set everything up. You guys can do homework in here. You guys can study or whatever. At seven, we'll go, well, that'll be from 630 to 715. So you guys have 45 minutes just to kind of finish up whatever you guys need to do, okay cram the last minute. You can come at 7.45 if you want. I know. I understand. Not everyone can come to youth group because you guys are doing stuff, you know? And that's okay. I wish I was doing stuff, so I didn't have to come to youth group. Just kidding. <laughs> what? Okay. So we're having a hero's party. It's going to be pretty sweet. Um, but I want to, you guys remember that episode? Where he's standing on the there, there's an episode where this guy is standing on the ledge, and he believes that there's something inside of him that makes him special. He believes he keeps having these dreams where he's flying, and so he's standing on the ledge and he's like, "This is the ultimate test of whether or not I can fly." And you just jump off, right? No, it's great. It's great. No, no. I mean, I'm I don't explain it. I mean, they set it up and it's really sweet. Well, he did. He started. He started in a playground, and then he just couldn't do it. And he, so he was thinking, kind of like, "Oh, maybe I just. It's just not like a, you know, it doesn't force me to have to fly, right?" And so all of a sudden, he's standing on the. He's standing on the. Yeah, he's standing on on the edge of this thing, and he's looking down. And it's called the episode is called Leap of Faith, and um, he's getting ready to go. And the the really sweet part is that just all of I keep thinking about like all the fear that you would have. Like, you have this strong feeling like there's something inside of you that makes you special. That there's something that, you know, you keep having these weird dreams that you're going to fly. And all you got to do is you got to jump off this, this ledge and hopefully it'll kick in and you're going to, and you're going to go. Well, you know, and um, the coolest part about heroes is that you, you don't like, you know, like when you first see Superman, it's like, you know, he's already powerful and he's like beating people up and stuff, you know. But the coolest part about Heroes is that you let the characters develop a little bit. You know, like, you don't really see that they have all these powers. And all of a sudden, like, you know, in the middle of the season, you find out, oh, he's the one that can fly. Or, you know, he's the one that, you know, can tell the future. He's the one that can stop time. Or she's super strong or whatever. And you start seeing these characters develop. And it changes. Because in the, in the first half of the season, they're just normal people. They have jobs. They're politicians. They're cheerleaders. Save the cheerleaders, save the world. Um, you know, and they ha they're all just normal people. But all of a sudden, there's, like, this radical trans transformation. I wasn't flipping you off, sorry. Um, um, <laughs> okay. Um, and all of a sudden, there's this huge transformation. You realize, boom, that's it. That, you know, they, they are superheroes, you know what I mean? And it, it's just normal people. And I think the cool part about that is that, um, actually, I want you guys just to hold that thought. Hold that thought, right? Okay. <laughs> so um, we kind of walked through the Gospel of Matthew for the past forever. And, um, but it's great, though, isn't it? 
like I think I think the coolest part is that uh, sometimes you know we feel like as Christians or people Christians feel like Christians um, that Christians feel like I need to get through the Bible in a year you know what I mean or it's like so I need to read you know X Y and Z chapters on you know 15 minutes a night or whatever and I was like aren't you, aren't you guys kind of missing the purpose of scripture because scripture acts like a marinade you know it's kind of like my favorite sauce barbecue sauce you know, and and it takes time for for the, the flavor just to go into the meat. In the sense that I think our hearts are marinating in this. And sometimes when we were like, oh, I start freaking out, I was just sweating to get to read all these pages. We're like, oh, well, you know, it's like no, that's like studying. You're not supposed to study like in terms of like, you know, X, Y, and Z, you know, flashcards. Um, but like, but letting it kind of marinate into your soul, and I, and I love that about this. I love that about Christianity that lets things marinate. So that's why um, I love going through this. And and the cool part is that um, my own life, like in my own spiritual life, when I'm when I'm studying, I'm going at the exact same speed. So I've been studying, I've been reading this in my own life at the same speed that you have been going through this. And it's been nice just to kind of let one or two lines just marinate. So I want you guys to listen to this this, this week. Um, we're in chapter 16. <clears throat> uh, verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do the people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Yeshua, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by, my, but by my Father in heaven. And I will tell you, you are Peter, the rock, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of death will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of, God, of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone he was the Messiah. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed on the th and on the third day be raised to life. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. He said, Never, Lord. He said, Never, Lord. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. Remember um, a piece of me? Uh, you are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple, whoever wants to follow me, must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever, wants, whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for you to gain the whole world, yet forfeit your soul? Or what can uh, you give in exchange for your soul? For the Son of Man is is going to come in his father's glory with his angels and then he will reward according to what they have done truly I tell you some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the son of man coming let's pray real quick um, I thought we were married <laughs> we are marinating but this will help move things okay. alright uh, so God I guess my, my only prayer is God let this word marinate in our souls God I hope I hope that this is something that um, we are confused about because that forces us to really think about it, what's going on here. So I pray these things.
Um, amen. This is the coolest part. Is because this is where Superman becomes Superman. This is when you realize his the the people closest to him, his his closest friends realize. Wait a minute. You're not just a dude. You are like the Superman. You have all this power. You are Jesus the Christ. That's what essentially what it is. It's like you can fly. Yeah, we can get to that soon in chapter 17. I'm just kidding. Um, but all of a sudden, this closest friends are like, whoa, there's something different about you, and you are Jesus the Christ. You are who we've been waiting for. You are who we've been looking for. All this time, they're still kind of figuring out, okay, what's, what are you about? Okay, that's pretty sweet from a G.I. Joe lunchbox, and... Yeah, you know, sh- sure, you walked on the water, and, you know, sure, a bunch of people, you know, start growing limbs when they didn't have limbs and stuff like that. But all of a sudden, here, they realize that there's something fundamentally different about this guy. And then Jesus says, don't tell anyone about it yet. And I think the reason is, it's just like any superhero that you see. When they find out they have these powers, they don't want everyone to know. Do you ever find that weird? Yeah. And the reason is, because I think that they would just get you know, rushed upon and they couldn't do anything anymore because everyone would just want to, you know, whatever. Get something out of them. And I think that's why Jesus says that. And uh, if you haven't been with us before, what I kind of talked about when Jesus turns to Peter and says, um, you know, get behind me, Satan. Um, Satan means accuser and in Greek. And um, really, he's saying, if you want to, he's like, follow me, because right now you're not following me, essentially. So when he's saying, get behind me, accuser, he's saying, get behind me, like literally, like, follow me, because right now you're not following me. And he says, right now you're following the accuser. And the reason why I know that is because later on um, in the Greek, it says like the same verse that he says, the same word for get behind me is the same word that he uses later when he says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up the cross, and follow me. The word follow me and the word get behind me are the same. A piece of move. A piece of move. So it makes a lot of sense when all of a sudden you just kind of change. You're like, oh, it wasn't all of a sudden that Peter got, I don't think Peter got, you know, ex, you know, Satan went to his body and all of a sudden Peter was Satan. I think that he was saying, right now you're accusing me or right now you're not following me. So just get behind me, dude. And I think that's essentially what it means. But the thing that I thought was really interesting, what I kind of want to talk about now, is the fact that you realize that Jesus is not a hero. He is the hero. Heroes save humanity. That's what they do. They save humanity from themselves, and they save humanity from the supervillains. Right? <coughs> so, and so essentially, there he's realizing, dude, Jesus, you're Superman. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. You're the protector of humanity, and you protect um, us from ourselves, and you protect us from the supervillains. And I think one of the interesting things um, is this verse, and this is what I want to talk about. And I tell, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of death will not overcome it. You know what I find interesting about that is, are gates defensive or offensive things? They're meant to keep things out, right? So why would the gates be described here 
as an offensive mechanism. Because when we read that, normally it's like the gates of death are going to come and bash against you, and they're not going to be able to do that. Like, does that not make does that make sense? It doesn't make sense, right? Why would a fence be an offensive mechanism unless somebody on both sides like picking it up and like dragging it, you know, forward? It makes no sense at all. And I think the coolest part about that is that it made me really think, and I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. If this is actually a defensive mechanism, then what's he saying here? This is what I think he's saying. My followers, my people, the gates of hell are not going to be able to withstand the pressure from you. Isn't that crazy? If this was the gate, right? And the Christians are like, ah, oh, pounding against it. Jesus is saying, these gates of hell are not going to overcome you. That you're going to break through it onto the other side. You're going to break through hell. Isn't that crazy? That was like the most insane thing I've ever thought about in my entire life. That like, Followers of Jesus, when you, when you follow Jesus, where does he lead you? Through the gates of hell. And why? Why does Jesus lead you through the gates of hell? To rescue the people in hell. What? <laughs> what? And, and this is all stuff that I'm kind of kicking around and I'm still really excited about because like, it blows my mind. All this time, I've, I've, even up to, you know, until a few months ago when I started reading this, or a few weeks ago when I started reading this, I thought, oh, the gates of hell. Like I was thinking, like, the gates are going to magically move, right? And this is us. And it's, oh, oh, I can't, I can't. No. I think Christians are meant to break through these gates and bring hope to the hopeless. Because on the other side of hell, I don't think it's just all this, like, you know, burning, burning, pitchforking, right? But are people who are hopeless the people who are just so burdened by whatever that's going on. And that you can break through whatever you think is going to hold you back. These gates. Whether that's doubt, whether that's I'm not good enough, whether that's I'm not strong enough in my faith, whatever. That you break through those gates and you bring, you rescue people. The other day I, was, uh, I got a call on Monday morning when I got back and one of the ladies in our church um, her ex-husband was just found murdered. And she has a 17-year-old daughter. And she was just crying to me on the phone. She said, you know, what's going on? I, I just don't understand. Why would God do this? Whatever. And I was just able to sit with her and cry with her. And for me, that is an image of breaking through those gates to reach somebody who's hopeless bringing hope oh that's such a that's such a great thing isn't it I think the one mistake Christians make is we think that as long as we go to church the steeple we're okay I think the coolest part about Christianity is that we follow the superman that Jesus says since you follow the Superman, I'm going to give you the all authority in heaven to be Superman and Superwomen yourselves. 
but you're not going to be saving banks, maybe. You might be. <clears throat> or people, like, you know, some old lady walking down the street with her purse ripped off and, you know, chasing down, you know, karate chopping the throat and take it back. But essentially, you have the power to bring hope to the hopeless. And I love that about that. And I hope that at some time that you guys have been here, that you have had a conversation with somebody who has been hurting. I know Philly did. I know Philly did. But maybe in your school that you gotten a chance to meet somebody that you might not have otherwise met. That instead of breaking people down and making fun of them, that you actually got a chance to say, hey, you know what, you're pretty cool. One of the kids I met in Oregon, he was a, just a total, like, everyone was just like, he's a total nerd. He was telling me a story about how he doesn't have any friends and how um, everyone just kind of makes fun of him. And I was like, dude, you know what, Andrew? I think you're really cool. And he was so excited. He was so excited. He, like, he like gave me a hug, and he's like, you know, no one's ever said that to me before. Everyone always just thinks I'm some kind of nerd or whatever. He's like, all this time my mom had been praying that I found a friend, and I think you are the answer to my mom's prayers. And I was like, what? All I said was you were pretty cool. I, you know, I didn't really do anything, you know? And he goes, I'm going to email you the second I get home. And he sent me this email, and if I have my email up, no, it doesn't work. Um, and and he, he starts kind of describing this. He's like, how are you? You know, tell me a little bit about where you're from and all this stuff. And, um... Just seeing how much hope that saying, you know what, you're pretty cool. I was, I thought this is so incredible. This is what this is what it's like to follow the Superman. No, maybe the kid didn't have a leg, and I didn't like pray, and then he was like, Boop. oh look, my leg. But like, <laughs> you know, but like, the fact that he was like. I don't have any friends. And all of a sudden, I found one friend. Some dude from California. Isn't that great? I think that's absolutely incredible. And for me, that is more of experiencing Jesus than seeing the bloop myself. That is more of breaking through the gates of hell than anything I've ever experienced. Um, if you guys have never experienced God before because you're waiting for the bloop, Try just meeting a kid that is lonely and seeing their like their eyes widen up and all of a sudden they're standing a little bit taller. You know? All of a sudden they stop walking around with their face to the ground and they look up. I'm about to pitch a book to Zonovan that's gonna be called uh, Geek Church. And it's gonna be exactly about that. It's gonna be about exactly about the people that we think are just you know, super shy about life. So, um, does that make sense? I, I, I hope that that, I painted a good picture for you. But I love, I love, I love that when we follow Superman, we go through what's the scariest thing, the gates of hell. And he said, you know what? They can't hold you. These gates are nothing. You're gonna, you're gonna be charged with going through there, bringing hope to the hopeless. And I think that's essentially 
what's going on because Jesus is heaven on earth. Isn't that crazy? Jesus is heaven on earth. You know what an even crazier thought is? Followers of Jesus are supposed to be heaven on earth. Bringing heaven into hell? Crazy! It's the most insane thing I've ever... It's the most, like, philosophical, theological thing that I've ever really thought about. And it's insanely exciting. That you're heaven on earth. That you're heaven in hell. Whoa! Whoa! That is crazy! Right? Alright. So, um... Let me just pray for us. And, um... If you guys have questions, if you don't have a Bible, I'll happily give you a Bible. Um, our podcast can be found on iTunes. Um, and you guys just go to iTunes, go to the music store, and then click on podcast. No, it's free. And then well, that's how you get to the thing. And then you just click in the search bar, you put IPC, semicolon, live the journey, and uh, it'll come up. And boop. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think if you just put IPC, but if you do IPC, semicolon, live the journey, it'll come up with the exact thing. It will. Okay. So that'll work. And, um... You guys have any questions, comments, concerns? No? Well, then call me about this, and then join us in our, with our Heroes Party. Um, it's going to be so important because not only do I love Heroes, but I think it super has what we have to do next week, so... Um, let's pray. God, I thank you so much for everyone here. God, I thank you so much for how alive Christianity can be when we just simply say to somebody who's never heard, you're pretty cool. God, I thank you that we essentially are charged with breaking through the gates of hell and bringing heaven in hell. God, may we be heaven on earth just as you are heaven on earth and we pray these things in Jesus name Amen